Phantomaniacs, I've got a special treat for you today. We are going to be talking to Ryan Magnan of Panda Money Toys. Now, you may not have yet heard of Panda Money Toys, but I guarantee after this episode, you're going to be excited about them and what they're bringing to the marketplace. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That's, that's I'm on the spot now. i got to figure out got to deliver. <laughs> yeah, you got to light it up, man. Well, it's it, but you've you've honestly got a fairly easy job because for for me, somebody who's been essentially collecting toys for 43 years now, I I never I never hit that point where I got to high school and was kind of like put them away. I was always getting a little something here or there. Oh. Um and I've read some of your stuff on the website, which for the listeners, go check out pandamoni.toys and uh I'm very interested in a lot of the uh, almost your statement of beliefs that you've put up on the website about the current toy marketplace. And for me personally, one of the most exciting, I I collect lots of stuff. I love the brands I grew up with. I I love Marvel. I love, you know, uh, Star Wars. That stuff's great. But what excites me the most is when I see a genuinely new product on the pegs in Target, Walmart, wherever, that's an original idea that I haven't seen before that looks really cool, and that's why I got so excited when I saw Alternation. And you seem to have sort of a similar feeling there that new stuff is far superior. Yeah, I mean, it's more like I I honestly felt like kids were getting a little shortchanged today that it's great. Like, I love Marvel. I love Spider-Man. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan and Batman fan from D.C., um, I don't know, but I also, like, there was so much stuff that came out when I was a kid that was brand new that I still love to this day, like Ninja Turtles was, was new, and, um, and uh, you know, you had Masters of the Universe and Thundercats, and, like, the list just goes on and on and on of all that stuff that they're just rebooting over and over now that we're kind of asking the question, where's, wh- what's going to be rebooted in 30 years? Is it still going to be that? We hope not, you know? So... <laughs> It's just, yeah, it felt like a lot of kids today were getting not just our hand-downs, but like grandpa's hand-me-downs too. So, Well, and in a marketplace that exists today, something like Battle Beasts or Mad Balls or those like kind of weird uh, off-the-wall stuff that was around in the 80s, it's very difficult for that stuff to thrive these days because that big name brand presence is so big and retail space is so much less than what it used to be, especially after Toys R Us collapsing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is a competition, but you also have uh, Amazon and, and online commerce uh, opening up. You know, you can you're seeing a lot of niche brands finding uh, their own way that way too. So that's that's where we've been having a lot of early success. But we were also lucky enough to be picked up by Diamond as well. So we're hoping to be in in stores. Uh, they're going to be finding the retail space for us, hopefully. <laughs> well, goes. that's actually how I discovered Alternation was the August issue of previews when I was doing my uh, kind of rundown of it for the website. Mm-hmm. I discovered it in there, and 
it was very exciting because a lot of times you see something like that, but it's a collector line. And, you know, I, again, I love stuff like NECA and Mezco and whatever else, but I also love toys. Mm-hmm. And this looks to me like it is a toy line. Yeah, for sure. That was our first thing. It was like we were bringing a lot of that design sensibility that goes into collector's toys that you've had all these advancements with 3D modeling as well as, you know, tooling and, and plastic manufacturing that we could bring a lot of high-quality stuff to to kids' lines without it costing extra. So we can put in more details. We can we can put in a little more color here and there and, and things like that and nicer packaging and stuff. Um, but still, it, first and foremost in our minds is that this has to appeal to kids because they're the ones that are going to be driving the next generation of, uh, of content, Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those it, it's very similar to what's going on in the comic book industry is kids aren't very interested in comic books because they're not being catered to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. who's going to carry these things onward if kids today aren't interested in them? Right. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was what we found as well in our research was that kids aren't looking at comics as much, but they are looking at graphic novels probably more than I did when I was a kid. And I don't know if there were really a whole lot of graphic novels when I was a kid. I think Death of Superman was the first one I remember. Um, but yeah, and so that that's that's the route we've been kind of going on too. It's like let's let's get them interested in. Um, we we put mini comics in with the toys. So um, we still have a lot of that that still art and uh, or I guess it's like more that sequential art, I should say, uh, bringing them back around to that. And it it is kind of a little bit retro that that He-Man and and um, and superpowers, those toy lines back in the 80s had the the mini comics. So we wanted to bring that back. And uh, and where was I going with this? That that, yeah, we are also uh, working on getting into. into graphic novels as well with with a major uh, publisher and and trying to get in front of kids' eyes that way too, where they won't be in the comic book stores as much. They are at things like book fairs and they're at Barnes & Noble where where they carry those issues, carry those titles. Yeah, and that's... uh, When I sent my email to contact you guys, I, I used the word fascinating because I was fascinated by the line and by what... Uh, you appear to be trying to accomplish here. And just looking at this first assortment of figures from Alternation, uh, they're very striking. They're very colorful. They're very unique designs. This is not... uh, It's not derivative. It it doesn't feel like anything else out there. And I I love that. And there are a couple of character designs that, like Dart, for instance. I've got an 11-year-old son, and me and my son both... Dart is our favorite of these figures by far that we've seen so far. He's popular one, yeah. And, and it's because he has such a unique, interesting look, I think. He's very eye-catching. And granted, all the characters are. What uh, bef- Before we get too much deeper into the line, though, how did all of this come about? I mean, how, how does one decide, you know what, I'm starting a toy company. How okay? <laughs> I started talking. Uh, I I've been wanting to do something like and like just something to bring the characters in my head to life. Um, there's there's a lot of great independent uh, 
comic book companies or uh, comic book artists and things like that doing their own thing. There's a lot of great animators doing that. And that was originally what I wanted to do was was be a showrunner for uh, animated content. But it's just it's such a tough industry. Not that toys is is that much easier, but it felt like it was less. It was, there were fewer barriers to entry. There were fewer people um, competing with you. There were fewer people um, telling you no. I mean, as long as you can make the product and you can sell it yourself on on the web, there's. it just seemed like it would make more of a splash to do a toy instead of, like, another animated series or another, and, like, hoping that somebody like Nickelodeon would pick it up or something. Right, right. Yeah, so... Um, that that was how that got how I got started in specifically toys. It felt like almost, it was another art platform where we can where we I'd still have the opportunity to kind of be a part of something that that uh, got a, a new IP out with and in a different way. Um, now, how we came up with alternation though is a little different story. Um, we we had maybe 20 different concepts, just like one-sentence lines and, and maybe a little bit of artwork just, just demonstrating what uh, what the toy would look like and this and that. And we had, like, several different totally off-the-wall concepts, and we just talked to maybe 80 different kids over the course of six months or so and just asked them, what do you like about this? What do you not like about it? And, and they really, a lot of the things we were finding in common amongst all of the things was that they liked the idea of animal powers being in a person. And then the other thing that they liked was that they looked, they seemed realistic, like powers. So it wasn't just we were making up, you know, he's a bug, but he's psychic or something. It was like, no, he's a bug, and he, and he shoots out venom like a scorpion and things like that. So, um, so not only did they, they pick up on... They, they not only picked the concept for us, basically, they also picked the characters. So the the six and eventually eight that are there the two extra that are coming out next year um those were all their top favorites and um and you know we have now we still have characters in the back burner that they liked less but you know we can re retweak them and things like that and, and they're ready to go well and on top of that once the brand has visibility and and has uh, uh, marketplace awareness you've got a little more freedom you know you you've got to start strong and then you can kind of get a little wacky and right. out there you know once once alternation takes hold yeah right and that was part of the reason why we we held back with two characters was that we wanted um we want to make sure that that people buy the the first that come out of course but we also wanted to be ready when when it does pick up that we have characters ready to go for the next uh you know the next season yeah, you've got to maintain that interest. Uh, it, it's it's crazy to me uh, how quickly waves come out. I, when I was a kid, I feel like GI Joe, for instance, might have gotten like two waves a year. Like it probably was <laughs> maybe like a dozen figures a year. Ah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. It's, part of that too is I feel like uh, I was the same way with Ninja Turtles. That like yeah, like oh, Yosagi Ojimbo's coming out soon. It seemed like it took forever, um, but um, I think some of that too might just be that we were kids and like it took forever for Christmas to get there. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You. No, no, that's fine, and that, that's exactly the kind of stuff I want to talk about because I mean, obviously, your experience as a as a kid 
is directly informing what you're doing now, and that's what I'm interested in. You mentioned Ninja Turtles, which obviously if there's anything that, that could be lo- looked at as an influence on alternation, there's a little bit of that Ninja Turtles, that, that toy line there. Uh, yeah, for sure. But what what other kind of things, like how did you get to the, what's your background? How did you get to this point where you're running a toy company? Um, so I was in, I primarily work in commercial real estate. That's where that's where we get the the, the seed money for this. Um, but my background was in uh, I did everything from video games to uh, character design. Um, I've kind of done it all, <laughs> and this is this is just kind of where I want to be now. Is is I, I wanted to start my own company and and just do something that I love. And and I have a huge collection of toys at home. I I have to say, and uh, it just felt like the right fit. And I. I, I just I not to talk about myself too much. I know this is like an interview of me, but it uh it felt like it just felt like a right fit and it felt like I'm good like I'm good at it, so <laughs> I hope it works out well. This is our first line and it's been positive so far. Um I hope to keep doing it. I hope to keep uh making toys for the folks listening and their kids. So let's talk a little bit about that. The the modern marketplace as i mentioned uh you've written a little bit about the domination of the major brands but here and there 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 are some original ideas that have kind of managed to get through and managed to take hold uh as far as that distribution you mentioned online which is valuable and of course diamond that relationship is is hugely important how do you see uh, again to i i think the absence of Toys R Us can't be understated in how it's affected the toy business so far and yeah. and how it will continue to. I love the hunt. I love the toy hunt, going to retail, finding new stuff or finding what I'm looking for. But it's very different now because we have websites, we have online resources. Uh, you know, when we were younger you just saw new toys in the store and it was exciting and you looked at the back of the card and you're like, okay, there are the other eight I've got to find. But now we know months in advance what's coming out. And I think it's, uh, to a certain extent affected the freshness of new lines because instead of kids finding them in the store and being excited by the time they actually have the toys, they've already known about them for, for months or a year in advance. Is that, a, is that a challenge to deal with, you think? Um, well, I mean, for us, it hasn't it hasn't really... We want all the publicity we can get. If people were, were searching for us, uh, we would love that if they were finding out months ahead of time. Um, so it, would, it, does, it hasn't been affecting us at this phase, but yeah, in the future, we, we're trying to plan for that. And I think a lot of other toy companies are are um, adjusting for that with, with things like unboxing videos and things that the surprise is also in opening the package, not just finding it. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I think there's, there, there is some effort that you can make in like doing that hunt. I guess it, it there's still a lot of retail outlets where, um, where I'm, I like I went to GameStop the other day and found like I didn't even know they were making a Mega Man, um, Mega Man toy. I grabbed it there, uh, the, uh, this particular line. So I mean, I think it's it's still live, but yeah, it is definitely changing, and and we're gonna adjust, uh, of course. And, but I think at the end of the day, 
as long as you have a good product that that that's what people will want, you'll still have those like moments like we had in, in, when we were kids where it's like people are rushing to buy that that hot item for Christmas. That that still happens every year, you know. Like I think last year was was last year Hatchimals. This the past two years have kind of been a blur to me because of working so hard on Pandemony. But I think last year the big thing was Hatchimals and like no, oh, you can get them and and now. Now they're everywhere. <laughs> I, I think you hit on something very important there, though, because I've been baffled about the phenomenon of blind box and blind bag <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Because to me, it's just frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. But, but, but you okay. made a really good point that the unboxing videos are very exciting. Like, my son loves that stuff. He loves it. And those, those blind box things, maybe that's sort of a replacement for the excitement of finding a new toy in, toy in the wild, you get the blind box, you don't know what it's going to be, and you get that feeling of, like, what what are we going to find today? Right, yeah. And they, they pack in a lot of interesting stuff in some of the brands, too. Um, obviously, like, LOL Surprise is the big one. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're putting in all kinds of weird, like, I bought my daughter one the other day, and, yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff, like, okay, that's different, there we go. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, thought, but... Nothing to do with Pandemony, so we will continue onward for the the frustration of the blind box. Now, uh, as far as what is in the marketplace now, is there there anything that, uh, I mean, being a toy fan, there's got to be stuff out there that's exciting for you to see. Um, Is there stuff that you're still sort of hunting and into? Oh, yeah. I mean, see, that's the thing. It's like I feel a lot of toy companies are making toys for people my age. I'm in in my late 30s. and that's that's great. I mean, I buy my Back to the Future toys if any because it was such a like hard uh, like there wasn't anything Back to the Future toys when I was a kid. There was like very little, and now they're making tons of stuff for it. So it's it's like they're making toys for me. We wanted to make toys for we wanted to be the next Back to the Future or whatever it is, He Man, Thundercats sort of thing. Um, so so that's kind of that's that's. A little bit of what you see on on the blogs that I'm writing about is is sign, it's more of like I'm see, seeing some frustration on behalf of kids, or at least I feel like they're being uh, robbed of their future nostalgia, if you will. <laughs> so, and, and I think you're right because yeah. people talk about oh, kids don't play with toys, but I think it's because, like you said, the toys that are out there now are being aimed at us it's it's not about the kids it's about the toys because my son my son loves good action figures like you you put good toys good action figures in front of him he's going to play with them and it's always been that way now granted he did grow up in an action figure rich environment but Mm -hmm. uh i think kids will still play with toys i just think they need to be something that they're interested in that isn't dumbed down and like you said those little details like a power having a relation to what the character is rather than just being some random thing, you know, that's the stuff I looked for when I was a kid. I, I People underestimate kids' rational thinking, and I very much remember if something didn't make sense to me, I was out. Right. Yeah. I think, and I think that there's a lot of that resistance of like, well, it's not a major, you know, summer blockbuster you know, I'm not going to put this on my shelf, but 
even with that, like people are sort of have their blinders on with that mentality because there's all these, there are all sorts of brands that are breaking out that are all original. Like, you know, you got Stranger Things is huge. Fortnite is huge. Um, like I think a year ago it was Five Nights at Freddy. Those were all like brand new things that are like maybe they're uh, inspired by, by something that came before them, but I think that that's like the key to making a good IP. If you look, I, I kind of recall, I could be totally making this up, but I kind of recall Spielberg and uh, Lucas saying like that, that Indiana Jones and Star Wars were, were sort of inspired by the, the, you know, serials that ran before movies when they were kids. You oh, know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And like things like Flash Gordon and things like that. So, I think that that's kind of where, if if I had my druthers, if I could like inspire other artists, uh, would just be to say that is like instead of <clears throat> excuse me, instead of rebooting the things you love, why not use that as as your inspiration? The same way like Stranger Things kind of pulls from things like Goonies and, and um, uh, like ET and, and those those sorts of of things that they liked when they were kids. So. And you can see it, it. The result is is much better than if they had done a Goonies reboot. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, and that is, and it's funny because it's very easy to see as successful as reboots, remakes, whatever the case may be, are. It's easy to see how much more excitement there is when something like Stranger Things does take hold. Yeah. It's- it, it's a different feeling of satisfaction as an audience member when it is something fresh and new and and unfamiliar. Yeah, and they and they're they're not kind of hampered by creatively by um, having to service you know the the work that they're a derivative from you. Yeah, that's a huge advantage to not have to worry about different aspects of the fan base not being pleased with how something's interpreted or whatever the case is when it's your own thing then you have you know a certain amount of creative freedom as long as you're making the audience happy you can do whatever you want with it yeah and that's and that's what we get to do with alternation and we love it (laughs) see i pulled it back around to the promotion (laughs) absolutely well and it's great because uh again i want to urge everyone to check out the website Uh, well if you just google panda money toys google's wonderful because we don't have to remember websites youtubes twitters or anything else uh but you guys have comic books up uh alternation comic books already where you can learn about the different characters uh, which impressed me as well, because not only do you have these unique, striking character designs, but you're already building a world for these characters. How how did that process sort of come about, and how did you make the decision to even make a, a reality for them, rather than just saying, here are these characters, how cool are they? Oh, everything, with this brand and everything we're doing in the future, the, the story... Um the story comes first, honestly. It's like it's it's we want every one of these brands to be able to turn into a TV show or a movie or anything. Um, um, but how it how we developed the story was we had eighteen months worth of toy developments. So we had plenty of time to like talk about stories while we're doing other work, and um, we we actually have a ton of uh, material that's in the back of our heads or written down on, you know, a back burner kind of uh, Bible. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a, there is an entire universe and we'll only scratch the surface because we don't want to overwhelm, you know, the audience and, 
And we may, like, as we're working with different uh, comic publishers or, or animated stu- animation studios, uh, we're we're letting we're getting feedback from them about things of the story that would work better too. So that's that's sort of, that's the other reason why nothing we're we're kind of holding back a little bit with the story. Uh, I hope I caught everything. I think I answered all your that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. So as far as designing these characters, looking at them, it's amazing because they're all very different. And yet, aesthetically, they clearly inhabit the same uh, world. They, they're from the same creative style. What kind of sort of guidelines, or how did you go about establishing guidelines for these characters can look this way, these will wear pants, these, you know, they have utility belts. Is it because utility belts are cool? I mean, what, what were the sort of, was there anything that was too outlandish? No, nothing to it. In fact, the uh, the opposite. I had to push artists to say, hey, why don't you try adding something to give them more personality? And that's kind of where clothes and, and um, accessories come into play for me. If it was just a giant frog, it wouldn't look different from, from any other frog, you know, dark. So, you know, we, we wanted to give him, he has accessories that kind of match his personality. So he comes with a mini action figure because he's kind of the, the runt of the group and and uh, so that that reflects his personality. Uh, Quillroy, he comes with some headphones because he loves you know metal music, and he comes with an energy drink because he's like kind of a dude bro and, and lifts weights all the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, we were we we hired concept artists from all around the world, and just we sought out things that were just sort of my my mantra is always unique and appealing. So if it for it has to look different from what's out there at least a little bit and it has to still look good <laughs> at least in my that's subjective but um following good design uh character design rules and 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 good use of color and things like that is is kind of what i mean by still be appealing um yeah and we we ended up contracting with with artists all over the world we we find like i also like to look at just off off-the-wall countries you don't think about a lot because, of course, the U.S. and Europe and Japan um, and China kind of, like, you, we see a lot of art from there all the time. So we looked at places like Eastern Europe and and South America and, and all over. So just seeing seeing if what kind of influences they could bring to the table. Now, you had at one point, I think the pre-order, but I, I had a note on it and I can't find it now, I th- think the pre-order for the first set of figures uh you guys had come up with a very interesting incentive mm-hmm. of a i guess uncolored figure oh yeah the the white sham um yeah we we originally wanted to um just re-inject him in white um that ended up being a little more money so uh we we had him painted yeah <laughs> um uh, so I, I, the the the, the uh, point I'm trying to make with that is, you do re- order that uh, white sham. He's he's more money than we expected to spend on it. So uh, we are kind of just limiting it. So it is oh, a very limited. <laughs> it's a limited run uh, because he he ended up costing more money than than I expected. Um, Which is so wild because you you wouldn't think that would be the case. No, no, no. I thought, oh, what's the big deal? You, you re-inject it in a different color. And they're like, no, we have to uh, take down our whole uh, 
production line and then change, clean out the machines and blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyway, I hope the fans enjoy that, that limited run. Um, and yeah, the reason we did that is we, uh, like you said, we, we didn't, we appreciated the fact that people were, were spending money without getting anything for, you know, a number of months. Um, so we wanted to do something special and we knew we had a lot of collectors fans that, that do like those, uh, hard to find things that, that end up selling for, you know, hundreds of dollars on eBay or whatever. Uh, and you know the reason I know that is because I'm one of those people that I'm one of those people that are scour eBay looking for that rare limited edition action figure, and never getting that Mezco Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so looking at the what uh, what stage are you at in in production on these guys? Have you got them? Are they still on the way? What are we looking at time wise? Well, they're shipping next month to us, um, and then they'll be available to the public at the end of October. Oh, that's fantastic! That's actually sooner yeah. than I was expecting. Wow! So you guys before you guys will be ready for the holidays this year. Absolutely, that was the plan. That we dropped, made sure to drop everything to make sure this is out in time for Christmas because we do not want to miss the Christmas season. <laughs> so what we're looking at on the website now, this is this is what these figures are, and what what blows me away is they're as far as the paint goes as far as the sculpt goes mm-hmm. there are no corners cut there no and we're um in fact there's corners added if you will no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh we like not only are doing what the like quality figures do with with the nice articulation and the nice paint is we also are adding things like electronics and springs and and, and so on um, and yeah, what you're seeing on, we have the, on the store, store.pandemony.toys, um, we have photos of the actual product, um, cause a lot of prior to this, we've been doing a lot of renderings cause we still like kind of finalizing like this, this color doesn't quite look like the rendering. So we, we tweak it at the last minute and it doesn't really delay the process, but, um, yeah, we do have actual photos up on store.pandemony.toys. Now, if you obviously these are like your children, but but do you have a, a favorite or or even just a concept for one that looking at this first wave, you're just like, man, I'm really glad this one got in there. Hmm. Quillroy is uh, was my early favorite, um, but after after a lot of um, a lot of soul searching and stuff. Uh, um, Albert is becoming my my new favorite because he's just so much fun to play with. He's got a little whoopee cushion that that we make the other action figures toot with. <laughs> well, and he he stands out to me as being um, the most. I mean, they're all interesting, but he stands out to me as being the most interesting. The most he he. I mean, he looks like a leader in a way. I feel like looking at the collection of figures, they're cool, but Albert is the one that's like, wow, that's something really different from from anything I'd expect from a line. Because to to have the the steer horns on what essentially looks like a monkey head, uh-huh. like that, that's just such an interesting look to me. Yeah, it was it was like I said, the kids picked it. We were just kind of like picking animals at random, and said, yeah, that might be fun, and and uh, it went over well. What can I say? 
So you as know, we said, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he was another one that was like, okay, if he's a monkey, he's got to be the fun one, right? Monkeys are always, like, goofing off. And it was the same thing. It was like we had to put more personality into him and, like, driving the artist to do that. And kind of what we did, we gave him those bright yellow pants with, like, banana spots on them and stuff and got crazy accessories. So, yeah. So to wrap everything up, mm-hmm. uh, if you have one message to get out there about alternation – what would it be? Um, well, that we really, we would like this to do well, and your kids need some new stuff in their life. They don't need your hand-me-downs. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> it's true, like Spider-Man, though. Yeah, Spider-Man and, and Batman are great, but, you know, let's 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 give the kids their own thing, you know? Something they can have ownership in and, and feel yeah. like, it's that because that my favorite things are things I discovered on my own. Yeah. Uh, and this is something that kids can embrace and feel like this is this is mine. Nobody that came before me loved yeah. this. This is my generation's thing. You know? yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? And you can still enjoy that. As a, I'm a parent myself, I still enjoy my daughter's. Uh, she brings me Nickelodeon shows she likes, and and we enjoy them together. That are. I had never heard of before, but she explains to me how Shimmer and Shine are uh, living in Zarmay Falls, and, and I'm right there with her. This sounds like a lot of fun. Well, and that's I've had sort of a similar experience with Fortnite with yeah. my yeah. son. He's he's had to explain that whole thing. I don't get it at all. I can't play <laughs> it at all. But the designs are cool, and he gets really enthusiastic telling me about the dances and the characters, and that's I, that's the sort of thing I like, and that looks like the sort of thing alternation can be. Yeah, I think that that's kind of how we, like artwork and culture, the culture of pop culture, I guess, um, makes makes progress, for lack of a better term. Otherwise, we're just going to be rebooting Spider-Man forever, you know? Which, granted, we're going to be anyway. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> but we can have cool stuff like this to go along with it. Yeah. And I feel like I don't want to, like, badmouth the... the no, 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 not at all, but... Yeah. You're, 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 a, uh, you're a young contender. You can talk a little smack. You got that... I think so. We're always punching up. And not, yeah, not yeah. Down. Absolutely. Disney, stop buying everything. And <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, Ryan... Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, for the listeners, go to pandemony.toys, check everything out, or just Google Pandemony Toys. Uh, Ryan, it's been awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you so much, Dave. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.